Jewish audio on Chabad.org. Good morning. We are on page uh, Tough Lamed Vav. Uh, first paragraph, a little more than halfway down. First word on the line is Hulu comma. We've been discussing, um, we've gone back to reconsider the Eved Pajut in, in quite a bit of detail, adding on dimensions <coughs> that we really hadn't uh, thought about before, hadn't discussed before. Um, we know the Eved, the Eved Pajut is Bittel Betachlis. His Bittel is just, uh, his whole life, is that's what he is. It's Kabbalah's oil, the service is Kabbalah's oil, it's a product of Yira, not Ava. Um, the man has no love or understanding which is motivating. Not, not that he doesn't have these things all together, but that, that motivate him in terms of his service. Service is complete subjugation to the Malach Mitzad, Bittel Mitzad, Kabbalah's oil. Made, the Rebbe made some extremely important points. These uh, actually are, are major issues that, that come our way on uh, Erev Rosh Hashanah, before Rosh Hashanah. Um, the fact that the Melech, the Eved, is bittel betachlis to the Melech. Um, his Avoida is entirely of his own making, and the relationship uh, uh, would seem to be a purely one-way relationship. There's no shtatvus of the melech. He doesn't get giluyim, he doesn't get encouragement, he doesn't get a pat on the head. Vis-a-vis uh, -vis his sharish, his root, uh, his position in Seder Shtalshalus, his corporality, uh, which is tailored to, his, to receive his neshama, um, he has nothing going for him in terms of giluyim. The avoda is an avoda of pure Ratzin, and this is the key. Ratzin is the is the the key here. <clears throat> there's no malchus. The melech, of course, is a melech. Well, he is. He's there's such a thing as a melech mitzadatz. My malchus hisnasus haatzmi. This is a melech which is not a melech on an am. This is the the quality of hisnasus, the quality of malchus as it is uh, in essence, as it is. Um, not relative to or related to or hamshach in any manner, shape, or form. This is a quality of etzim, in, uh, in essence. Uh, the, of course, we have the, the concept, which is an extremely important one, ein melech bleyam, there's no melech without a people. You can be a melech, old seif kol seif, you've got to be melech on somebody or something. Uh, the word melech, the word king, defines a relationship after all. It defines a relationship of, of rulership. That relationship of rulership um, is the product, as we learned last week, of the bittel of the Am. In other words, <clears throat> the king it, it becomes a king or is made a king on an Am because, because the Am willingly, again, Rutzen's key here, but Rutzen accept him as the absolute authority on everything, and they're totally, completely mavatal to that king. That is what elicits from the king the kingship. He could be exalted, elevated, uh, who knows, but a kingship is a relationship, and that relationship, the key to the relationship, interestingly, <coughs> is the biddle of the Am. The biddle of the Am must be Baratzen. The Am uh, willingly accept the king upon themselves. If it's not Baratzen, so he's not a king, he's a tyrant, or a dictator, something of that sort. This, so this is what we discussed um, uh, last time, at least to some extent last time. It is an extremely profound concept. The Rebbe hasn't gone into any detail here, but it's important to know, it's important to understand it, that the uh, absolute bittle uh, 
of the Eved Pojot has as much to do with the king being a king as it has to do with the Eved Pojot being an Eved Pojot. Strange as that may sound. We'll see more about this a bit later on. Anyway, we talked, uh, the, the marshal was given here uh, uh, of, of an earthly king. Now we're moving on to the relationship of the uh, Eved Pajit to Melech Malchem, Melechem HaKadosh Baruch So in the middle of the line, we have Bahadug Mezeh, Yovan B'Malchusa Derekia. Same kind of situation that we described last week in terms of a mushal. We can see the nimshal uh, in terms of uh, sovereignty of Malchus Lamaila. The eager Indian Kabbalah's oil malchshmaim who b'chinas atzmoi dafke. The main thing, this man is as identified by his Kabbalah's oil. Now that Kabbalah's oil is a product of him. Period. He, he, there is nothing lamaila which is aiding him, assisting him. Uh, it's entirely a product of himself. Until Odomarishan came along, uh, during the days of creation, the concept of Melech was not really applicable because there was nothing in creation up to the point of Odomarishan that had Bechir, who could willingly choose to be Mavatal themselves and call the king kings, that calling the king king is what makes the king a melech on an am. Vodomrishon, Kabul Malchusa, Yisbarach, Adomrishon accepted the Malchus of Hashem, which then made Hashem a melech on an am, namely at that point the am was, was Odom and Chava, but that's who it, that's, uh, that was the beginning. Vaoz Nikra Melech Kaviyochle. Then once they accepted, once Adomrishon accepted upon himself complete subjugation to the king. The king was a king that we would identify and recognize as an operative functional king. Umash Oimer, Odin Oilam, is what that it says in the prayer, Odin Oilam, Asher Molach, who rules, who was king, who was sovereign, Beterim Kol Yitzurnivra, before anything, any creature was formed. Well, what, is, what can that mean? How can he be a king if there are no creatures? Particularly if there's no creature with Bechir Chavshis, there's no Odomrishan. How does the concept of king apply here? Kamosh Kosmokamachar is explained elsewhere. The Pedish, Ein Melech Bloyam. We have this idea, Ein Melech Bloyam. So it seems to be a contradiction. If Ein Melech Bloyam, there is no king without a people. It's the people really uh, who elicit kingship from the king, from the, from, from the Melech. Um, then how does it work uh, that the Rabbanish Loilam was Melech Beterem Kol Yitzur Livra, that Hashem Yisbarach was king before there were any possible, there were no subjects, there was no one to, uh, to be mavatal before him, in a, willingly, willingly. Um, uh, so the uh, Rebbe points out here that uh, it's not necessarily, the Lushan isn't exact necessarily as we've explained it or as we understand it. Ain Melch Bloyam, there is no Melch Bloyam. Ain Lushan Hin. Ain could be in Melch Bloyam. There is a Melch without an Am. 
There is such a thing as a melech without an am. Depends upon how you want to look at the word aleph yud nun. Um, so, uh, for example, yesh melech gam beloy am. There, in fact, is a melech without an am. This is etzim malchus. This is malchus de ain soif. Malchus koydim etzimsim. However, you want to look at it, there are no nevroim. There is no possibility of an am anywhere. But there is this hisnasusatmis. It's always a hard subject to to relate to. It's a profound, profound subject. Hisnasus by by definition, at least by our definition, is a relative term. Elevated, exalted. Well, elevated and exalted depends upon elevated and exalted with respect to what? With respect to who? Elevated above what? Elevated above who? Exalted above who? Um, the way it's being used here, his nasus atzmi, is essential elevation, ex- essential, uh, essentially exalted. <clears throat> um, the the uh, the intimation here, the the uh, idea is that we're, we're dealing with an union of etzem. Etzem is heterospashtus. We can talk about we think of, of uh, exaltedness or uh, elevatedness as a form of revelation, a great king reveals himself in a way of exaltation, in a way of elevation, in a way of transcendence. And the Am can perceive this. But etzem, these are revelations, these are perceptions, these are the product of aham shacha, as it were, of, of, of exaltedness, of, of who the king is. It's not really who the king is. It's a, an illumination of who the king is. It's a, a suggestion of who the king is. That's the melech is what is perceivable. And of course, even that is, is atzmiistic, that the people are totally mavatal. They understand, they don't understand. The Eved Pasha doesn't know anything about the king. But boy, he can perceive that hisnasus. There's no question about it. So the, the, it's a hisnasus which is a hisnasis of Seder Ishtalshlis, hisnasis vis-a-vis, or with respect to an am, be the am, it's, am could be Atzilis, the am could be Odomersion, depends upon what level of Malchus we're talking about. Hisnasus Atzmi is the essence of divinity, which relates to nothing, has no comparison, which is not bigger or better, but those words don't apply. Limitlessness doesn't even apply. It's above all. And therefore, where does this whiff, this aura, this glow of this uh, ineffable exaltedness come from? Well, ultimately, the ultimate root, of course, is essence. And in essence, it's Malchus Dein Soif. It's that dimension of essence that we have no other word for except Malchus, except essential transcendence. I guess that's the only way one could put it. The main thing is that there is a Melech without an Am. But the point is, of, of, as far as creation is concerned, that there should be a Melech on an Am. That's Hashem's Ratzon, after all. This is Malchus in and of himself, not with respect to or vis-a-vis anybody or anything else, not something which has any real relationship to anything other than his own essence. He's elevated and exalted in and of himself. Again, it's hard for us because of the language. What do you mean exalted in and of himself? Exalted means that his greatness is ineffable. Ineffable is it is, it is essential. It is not a perception. It is a reality. And therefore, there's nothing in existence which can, can relate to this, except for a Jew on Rosh Hashanah, as we'll probably see a bit later on down the line. V'hu melech ha-kadosh. This is melech ha-kadosh. The holy, the removed, the exalted, the ineffable, the transcendent Melech. 
has been explained uh, in Mereshat Sur, my Mereshat Sur. Abel, Lirais Bechinis Melech Alaam, and okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's not what we're dealing with right now. Right now, we are talking about the relationship of the Evid Poshet to the Melech. That's a Melech on an Am. Part of that Am is the Melech Poshet himself. This specific mode of Malchus, namely a Melech Am, is the result of Kabbalah's oil, the result of an Am receiving that Malchus, uh, and that's the Melech Am. Example by example in Rosh Hashanah. Shemachtirim Oisai, we crown Hashem Yisbarach. That's uh, you know, kids all come home from yeshiva, from, from base Rivka. Oh, you know, tomorrow we're going to crown the God King. And they're all excited. And they understand it the way they understand it. And it's absolutely right, absolutely true. The adults should only sense this and understand it. But the relationship of Melech to us, the Melech HaKadosh to us, is ultimately Soif called Soif. The, the uh, bringing down his ineffability, his inaccessibility to a point where we, are, we can access it to where it's accessible to us, this is the product of the bittle of the Jewish people. Um, yeah. We are the one who crowns the Rabbani Shloylam with Kesar uh, Malchus, so to speak, as explained elsewhere. Okay. Umamela, Habitl, Vanachas Atz Musay Bze, who harbe yoiser beinareich mikamai beevedemon. Okay, this we already have some concept of. The bitl, the self abnegation and the setting aside of the evid pajit, the total um, setting aside of himself as personality, his very being in his own eyes, he literally is nothing. This is endlessly a form of bittel, a form of self-abnegation, endlessly greater than that of the Eved Neman. Now, mind you, the Eved Neman, his whole life is, is, the, is, the, is the Melech. His whole life is the Odin. Everything he does is for the Odin. All his only concern in existence is to bring Tainuk to the Odin. That's, that's his whole being. Uh, he has no life of his own, so to speak, and, uh, and, and that, that's this. Someone said, "Well, that, that's quite a that's quite a bittle." Well, it is a bittle. It's it's amazing bittle, but um, it's a bittle which is motivated not by abnegation itself or by uh, absolute godless of the melech, which is ineffable. Ineffable. It's motivated by knowledge. It's motivated by love. It's motivated by a perception of the Eved Nehmon, of the melech, even, even the Ein Saif dimension of the melech. And therefore, the Eved Nehmon is, has a passionate desire to be uh, makusher to the melech, to be bound to the melech, to serve the melech, to do all for the melech with delight and with pleasure and with joy. That's the, the greatest joy in the world for him. So it's not quite the same thing. Yes, he's bitter. Yes, he does everything. He, he exerts himself to the nth degree. He exerts himself limitlessly in the service of the Melech. And he has great tainug from this service. And he has great joy from the service, which means there's a him. In the case of a relationship of love, there is a lover after all. Uh, you, can't get, you cannot do away with that. And therefore, his sense of negation to the Melech is limited to the extent where he does not disappear in his own eyes. Um, on the contrary, he seeks to do better and more and bring more delight to the Melech. And he's mo- the more delight the Melech has, the more delight he has. 
<clears throat> so his entire life is in the service of the king, no question. But the, at least there's something of a him there. In the case of the Eved Pajit, all of these considerations are non-existent. They're not relevant. His Aveda is not exactly selfless. Why? Because there is another dimension being brought into it. There's a Ha'ar Milamaila. Which, which is part parcel of his motivation, that glows in his nefesh in connection with the source of his neshama, which is quite lofty, very lofty, um, in accordance with what, gifts that God has given him. Um, and therefore, uh, the, whereas the Eved Pajut serves without giluyim, it's etzem be'etzem, period. There's nothing in it for him. Absolutely nothing in it. There's no tainug in it for him. There's no enjoyment in it for him. There's no love in it for him. There's no sense of satisfaction for him. There's nothing. It is absolute subjugation, abnegation of his essence to the essence of the king. Well, here, the Abednamon is uh, it's wonderful. He has tainug. He has pleasure. He has love. He has giluyim. Uh, mind you, he's not looking for these things. His, his love of the Melech is absolute, insofar as love can be. And therefore, he simply serves the Melech, but he serves because of love, not because of self-abnegation in and of itself. The self-abnegation that he has is a product of his love. And that love, as we learned before, is a product of uh, uh, and this Because of these... Um, uh, uh, the assistance he has from above, because of the stature of his neshama, because of the refined nature of his body and his animal life in this world. Um, so he has, uh, he, he, his personality is open to this sort of thing. It's, it's a possibility for him. It's not only a possibility, it's a reality for him. He's designed to perceive, to, to sense, to know, and to love. That's, how, that's what the man is made out of. Uh, with this evid, then, it's not a matter of simple Kabbalah's oil, like the ox to the yoke. There's, it's motivated, it's driven by emotion. The emotion is love in this case. Um, not that it's not a form of bittle, it is. It's, it's a wondrous, it's a wondrous connection, a wondrous avoid, a wondrous form of bittle. It's just that there is a dimension of him in it, and that dimension of him is a product, not of his own making or his own doing, but of gifts which he has received from the very source and root from which he has derived, number one, and the other giluim which, which come his way through his avoidim. Um, where are we here? So this is not the Ebed Pajit. The Ebed Pajit is entirely self-motivated. All comes from him. He's given no assistance. He has no giluim. There's nothing uh, illuminating him. It's simply putting himself together to, uh, I'm sorry, putting himself aside to a very, very great um, uh, extent. Unlike the Eved Neman, he in his eyes is not a Metzius. You can't say he has Tainug, because there is no him to have Tainug. You can't say that he has love, because there is no him to have love. He belongs body, mind, soul, heart to the Melech, period. The Rebbe referred uh, at the beginning of the Maimon, you may recall, 
the, the Rebbe compared him to an extension of the Melech, like the hand is an extension of, of a person. The hand is absolutely mavatl to the will, up to your will. It does what you want it to do, assuming we have a healthy hand. Uh, it's, it's simply an extension of your own ruts, and it has no identity, it has no personality, it can't talk to you, it can't serve you even, because it's you. It's made out of you. That is the Evid Pozhet. Raknikna v'nirza the Evid Olov. He is like, he is an, his property. He is the property of the king completely and totally. And the, your property is in your rishus. Uh, whatever you want with it, that's what it is. Um, without any benefit to him, there's nothing glowing in his soul. He's not receiving giluim. He's not receiving uh, any kind of... Um, uh, of attraction. It's not, it's not an attraction. The Eved Nemon is an attraction. It's an all-consuming attraction. That's what Iskashros is. This man's not a Makusher. This man is a uh, uh, non-being before, that, before the Melech. And therefore, the only thing that exists is the Melech. And therefore, whatever the Melech desires or wants, that's what must and that's what will be done. This is a description of his entire avoida in, uh, in learning Tarda, in involvement with Tarda, in the fulfillment of mitzvahs. It's only in connection with the tzivui. This is what the king demands. That is what I will do. How does he know what the king demands? Very simply, as a shulchan and whatever the king demands is in that Shulchan Aruch and, and, and other sources like that. That's all he has to know. He doesn't have to know more than that. Uh, now, we, interestingly, if we go back to the beginning of the Mimer, I think it's the second page, talks about a concept of Tainug um, associated even with this Evid Pozhet. Um, we're not going to go back and, and redo it again, but the idea is that the Evid Pozhet is so bittle, is so non-existent, is so bittle to the Melech, to the Odin, that whatever accrues to the Odin, he partakes of, he's part of it. He's, it's, it's somehow, he, since he's identified totally with the Melech, if the Melech has a, 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 a Tainug, so, but B'derech Mameil, he has Tainug. It's not Tainug Mitzad Tainug, it's not Tainug Mitzad is a Voida, that he's getting satisfaction, or he's getting pleasure, or he knows what, he do, what he's doing, or he cares what he's doing. It's a tainug which now, it's very interesting, the tainug really is Ratzon. He has a tainug, but the, the Ratzon of the king is to have a certain service uh, performed in a, very, in a more special way. He will f- perform this, the service in a more special way. The, the Eved Neman will do that because that's his personality. The Eved Neman has a sense of love. The Eved Neman has a sense of tainug and pleasure. He knows what the king likes and what the king delights in, and he feels it. And he just can't get over the fact that he's able to get that just extra special type of wine or that extra special service that's going to give the Melech so much delight, and he will have delight from that. In this case, the Eved Pajot may do something similar. But it's not because of delight or feeling or hergish or love. It's because that's part of the, that's the Ratzon of the king, that's all. He doesn't know from Tainuk, he doesn't know from Nishtainuk. He knows that this must be done because this is what the king wants at that moment. So this is an absolute bittle. There's no dimension of self here at all, uh, uh, unlike the case of the Evidemon. There's nothing in it for him at all. 
You have a nemen, there's plenty in it for him. Mind you, again, chas v'sholem to think in, in lowly terms about this, he, he, he cannot help but derive pleasure because that's his stature, that's his status, that's the nature of his neshama, is to perceive, to understand, and to feel in accordance with those perceptions and feelings. And therefore, certainly he's going to have delight. He's not serving the king because of his pleasure, he's not serving the king of his delight, even though he has those things. He is serving the king because he loves the king, period. Um, but the fact of the matter is, his service is a delightful service which he enjoys, which he loves, which he has tainug from. In the case of the Evid Pajit, there's no tainug at all. At least in a revealed sense, or in a, I should perhaps say, in a causal sense. There's nothing, tainug is not driving the Evid Pajit. The only thing that drives the Evid Pajit is the Ratzen of the king, period. <laughs> there is light illuminating a soul through his, his avida. This is not the case of the uh, Evid Pajit. Again, we're talking here about, the Rebbe pointed out, the service of Tarda and the service of mitzvahs, which are performed by the Evid Pajit, um, he has nothing from it. He has no pleasure, no joy, no illumination, no irradiation. Why? Very simple. He has no idea what these mitzvahs are doing. He has no idea why Hashem Yisbarach wants him to put on tefillin or give tzedakah or do any of these other things. Well, the fact of the matter is none of us do. But we do, because there are Tamei Mitzvahs, and they're valid, and they do add, and they are important. If we look at the last third of Sefer Shel Beninim, last third of Lukutei Amarim, there's a discussion of the importance of Kavana. Kavana is, are the wings that, that make the bird fly, that, that bring the Tarin Mitzvahs and Avaita into, uh, which elevate it, which reveal it, Lamaila. And the Tanya speaks of these things. So it's not that it's not a, a dimension. It is a dimension. And the king wants that also. He wants the kavana as well. Well, to whatever extent the king wants kavana, this guy will produce whatever he can. But, but that's it. It's not because he understands or he perceives or he enjoys or has pleasure in the mitzvahs or service altogether. Whatever the king wants, that is all. So plain and, and simple. Again, we look to those chapters in Tanya and the, the, um, the Rebbe describes the we mentioned this many times before, he describes the, the levels of, of avoided, the level of avoided which comes from uh, intelligent love and fear of Hashem, the level of avoided which comes from Avu Musateris, the hidden level of love, also fear of Hashem. Within that uh, ordinary individual, that Neshama Daban, uh, the, um, there, are, there are also sub-levels, there are sub-dimensions that someone can, with great effort, with amazing exertion is able to squeeze out of himself a little bit of ava, a little bit of hergish, a little bit of something, he struggles and he works and, and there are those who don't have the capacity at all, they're very low-level neshamas which the Rebbe describes in Tanya they can't do it, they can't do it but to the extent that they can't do it they can do it because that's what they're designed for that's what they can, they do whatever they can they do whatever the king asks, whatever the king wants and, and therefore they're, they're ratzen lamashal to have these things, why do they have a ratzen? for it? very simple, it's part of what the king wants the king wants not only mitzvahs he, he, he likes kavana also, would like kavana also so whatever they can do, they do mitzad ratzen not, having nothing in it for themselves, not being in any way rewarded or receiving encouragement or pleasure uh, through the, their avoid. It's an avoid of absolute bittle. Amazing, amazing avoid. That is the avid pajut. 
Not only they are not in a position um, uh, that the kavanas that they have is able to be mamshach giluyar is to bring down or on their neshama, which is the nature of kavana is hamshach of or. Their point is not even to bring nachas That's not their goal. That's not their inyan. That's not part and parcel of their avoda. They, since they have no relationship to Tainuk, they have no relationship to anything other than the rotsen of the king. And therefore, these things are all incidentals. Um, why? Very simple. The Avoida is not an Avoida Mitzad Ava in Iskashras. It's an Avoida Mitzad Bittel. Again, the Rebbe is taking us through, we've been through the cycle before, but the Rebbe is putting it in extremely uh, uh, ethereal terms. And, and finally, it's, we're starting to get a sense of the awesomeness of this Bittel, the absoluteness of this Bittel. The only thing that the Ebed Pashat is interested in is, is to be Mekayim Ratzon of Hashem. Whatever he does, it doesn't matter what he does. Everything is the same by him. Whether it's putting on tefillin or whether it's uh, uh, cutting his fingernails in honor of Shabbos, whatever. It's all the same. It's what the king wants. How does he know? It's in Shulchan Aruch. The king tells him what he wants. The king tells us what he wants. And therefore, the whole thing has a single dimension. There are no higher mitzvahs and lower mitzvahs. There are just mitzvahs. There's just Tzivui HaMelech. Tzivui HaMelech is indistinguishable and indivisible. indivisible. And that's the way he sees it. Uh, which, on the one hand, is a very... Uh, in terms of perception and giluim is, is the lowest level you could possibly be on. In terms of uh, intent, it's the highest level because it's absolute pure. It's pure service of the will of the king. There are no distinctions here. Not, this is a better one. This is a less better one. This is more exciting. This is less exciting. The king will enjoy this more. They'll enjoy that less. All of these things are not dimensions. Kavanos are not dimensions by him, except insofar as that the king wants them, and therefore whatever his mind can come up with, it'll come up with. But it's not motivating in any way. It's all the same to him. There's only one reality. That's the king. And that reality is, a, uh, is reflected in only one way, and that one way are the commandments of the king that come to us by way of Tartar. Whatever the Ratzon of Hashem is, that's what it is. So again, we've had this, uh, this description before, but you'll notice with each cycle of, of reconsideration of the status and the nature of the Evid Pajot, or for that matter, the Evid Daman, that we get deeper and deeper into the man's reality, deeper and deeper into what he really is all about. All of this, this entire Vaita which we've described several times, is a product of his oil, Malk Shemayim. His story is a simple story. One Melech, one Ratzin, one motivation. Motivation is the oil. Therefore, since everything by him is an oil, uh, oil by definition is yigia. It's effort, it's exertion. Which is, is uh, to uh, not suggest, but to state clearly, that he has no desire in it. He has no pleasure in it. 
uh, if an ox were to do the f a field, if, if oxen enjoyed uh, working in the field, you wouldn't need a, a yoke. The yoke is to get him attached to that plow and get him to work. Um, no ox wants a yoke. No ox wants to plow a field. No ox wants to exert himself an entire day. This man, in that sense, is no different. He's never like everybody else, like everything else. Um, he has a behemoth. He has a body. He has a nefshabamas. <clears throat> All of these things are inimical to the body in nefshabamas. Nefshabamas wants to sit in the shade and drink a beer or whatever it wants to do. That's the nature so what it means is he's constantly fighting. He's fighting with himself always. He's fighting with his nature. He's fighting with his humorous, which is very, very humoristic, as the Rebbe described last time. He's fighting and struggling with obstacles at every turn. Those obstacles are all, in a sense, part and parcel of his very self because of his low uh, uh, root in Seder Shalshus and because of the coarseness of the physical body and nefshavamas with which he has been endowed. That's his, that's his avoidance, that's his struggle. It is not fun. Everything he does is hard for him. Nothing comes easy. It's, it's not uh, becoming, he's not a robot. This is not something that becomes habitual by him. This is not something that becomes automatic by him. Every time he does it, he's got to struggle. Every time he does it, every time he sits down to Tartar, every time he davens, he has to fight with himself anew uh, be, uh, and struggle with himself in order to, to do whatever he's doing at the moment to the most perfect way possible to fulfill the Ratzon of the Melech. So what does he do? <clears throat> he negates himself. He, he denies his natural instincts, his natural proclivities, his natural desires. He denies them. He su suppresses them. And his own Ratzon. And he has a Ratzon. After all, he's a person like everybody else. He's, he's he, he subjugates them. Legamre in total, completely and totally. Uh, in order that he, what, every breath he takes, every move he makes is only in the service of Hashem is Baruch. This we call Avoida. This is Pajit. This is Avoida. Avoida is the burning of energy. Avoida is going uphill, not downhill. Uh, and he has a big hill to go up. This requires tremendous yigia to go contrary to nature, to go contrary to his body, to go contrary to his personality, to go contrary to his nefeshavamas, to move against the obstacles of his physical being constantly. This is Avoida. Uh, and he does this he's completely and totally against his nature. Bechin is bitl hateva. In, in, in the form of being mavatal completely and totally, negating and uh, denying access or denying expression to his teva. Ubevet zeh, with this evid, teva yuhu b'bechinus humri mamish. Rebbe points out once again, as we've heard before, in this the case of this individual, not that he's, he has a, a very refined nature, or, or, or you know, he's, he's a, Instead of being an ox, he's a little birdie, or he's a, at least a lamb. He's not. He's very, he's, he's humri mamish, his very being, his very essence is uh, coarse. It's physicalized. It's, don't forget, 
This is a, nesha, a lowly neshama who's gone even farther down and who is uh, equipped with a body uh, appropriate for that kind of neshama. You can imagine a, a personality, a body, an efshabamis of the coarsest possible material. Shagam haruchni shaboy hu Even his ruchni is. Excuse me, such as it is. It's coarse. Gasas Ruach. Gasas Ruach means his Ruchnius, whatever he can squeeze out of himself in terms of Ruchnius, is Pajit physical, it's coarse, it's, it is not ethereal. When a slavish beguf of Nefshabamis, and it's enclosed in a body in a Nefshabamis, Humri of the most Humri, he's got this Nebuch, this, this, the coarsest of, of, of of ruchniistic potentials, which come enclosed in the coarsest of, of body and nefshabamis, <coughs> mamish. You're talking about a real uh, problematic person here. I mean, this, this guy's got everything going against him. And that's why it's difficult. He's fighting all those things. And he does it. <coughs> and he does it successfully. He fights his coarseness, he fights his body, he fights his nefshabamis, and he keeps his eye on that target. That target is Ratzin Elyon. Period. Then Kate. Harry, a bitl shloyhu, bitla, humri mamish. Therefore, what we call bitl, we've been talking about up till now, his total self negation, abnegation. Uh, well, all right, he abnegates himself. Yeah, but look what he's abnegating. Look what he's doing. Look, look, he's, and this is real. This is no joke. He, he, his very essence of being is denial of this incredible power, which is in his body, which is in his, even in his nefesh because of the, his, even that's coarse. The ruchnis is even coarse. <clears throat> the whole nature of the man which has been given to him, his spiritual nature and his physical nature, which is of the lowest possible quality, the coarsest possible quality, he works to subjugate all of it. Not a little bit, not mostly, not 99%, 100%. That is an absolutely fabulous avoider. Well, he must get some. He gets no help. It's all himself. There are no giluyim. There's no nice sharish of an ashamah to sort of give him a little bit of an incentive, a little bit of insight, a little bit of hair, or some feeling. None of nothing. Nothing. No help. No 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 gifts. No uh, no seal of myla, No no. Uh, nothing, the guy has nothing, whatever he is doing, he is doing on his own. This is a truly miraculous individual. Shahari, boy, gili or eliki. Why? Because there's no gili or eliki by him altogether. Shemeshum zeh, you bittle, because of this, the bittle, kamai be'evinem, uh, so he has no, there's no gilui assisting him, as there is in the case of the Avid Naman, as there is in the case of the Avid Naman. Different, different species altogether. And whatever this Avid Naman has going for him, this guy doesn't have any of it. <clears throat> the whole thing is from his own, from himself. It's all him. It's all his exertion. Imkain harizeh his hachus dover. Such being the case, this person has created a chidush, something novel, something outstandingly novel. The Rebbe points this out actually 
uh, earlier on in this mimer, uh, the idea of the chiddush of a uh, an avoda because of the bittle of the eved nemon of the eved poshet, and because of the uh, the fact that it's, it's very etzem is exerting its, himself, but there is no himself. Is all he, all that exists in his eyes is the is the melech, is the Odin. So it's as if the Odin himself has the satisfaction or pleasure or joy of, of exertion. <laughs> it's very strange. We talked about this before in the past. Uh, I don't want to get into any detail at the moment. The main point is that this man is doing something that there's no other being in all of existence capable of doing. And that is providing a chiddush. The only other individual in, in existence, I shouldn't use the word other, the only individual in existence capable of providing a chiddush is the rabbinic shalalim. Yesh ma'ayin is a chiddush. This is, this person, this is like yesh ma'ayin in, 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 with respect to the, the avid pojot. Shemachadesh biyagasai lahafach teva hachumroi. He, what's the chiddush? The chiddush is in yigiyah. It's not things itself. It's not in the actual the mitzvahs that he's performing, critical, essential, of course. There's no question about it. But the special part, the Hiddish part, is in the Yigiyah. This is unusual. This is, this is novel. This is something uh, absolutely unheard of. teva to, to negate teva. The Rabbani Shalom creates a teva, <clears throat> and uh, he... He negates it. He, 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 he's, in a way, with the with power of Etzim, he has made himself into something which he was not created. He has made himself into a vehicle, uh, a completely and total bittel mamish ta'atzim saying soif. Ki be'eved ne'eman e'en kan his chadshut. By the heaven, ne'eman's not a chiddush. He does amazing things, wonderful things, that make valdig things. But they're not chadushim. Ki hare loy yorid kolkach. Why? Because he's not so low. He didn't come down so far. It's not, it's not a, it, unheard of to see those things from someone of his level. V'loy nislabish b'chumris. And he's also not uh, so stuck in a chumris dikeguf so much. Ubeprat, specifically. Nishmasay hari hi madrege gavaya. Canal. Uh, Moreover, it's uh, higher neshamas. We've explained before. Umashiyesh boy gamkein bechinas hachnos ateva. What the, you know? I think what we're going to do is end here, and Mitzvah Shem will continue next time.